Hello, my name is Dion Willis, and I'm really excited to have an opportunity to speak with you all about something I'm really passionate about, mathematics, and particularly mathematics within the context of homeschool and within the context of the African-American community. Fact is, when I tell people that I'm a math teacher or that I'm a homeschool mom and I teach my kids math, um, the first thing that they usually say is, I hated math, or I'm not a math person, or, oh, I never enjoyed math. People are so confident and comfortable in saying that, I literally expect it. I literally expect it. doesn't hurt my feelings, but it does cause me to wonder. It does cause me to pause. If you have already equated yourself or decided that you are not a math person, and your child is hearing you say that, and that communication is so comfortable, I mean, just across the United States, we're all comfortable saying, oh, math is horrible. It sucks. I hate my math class. It's so funny. I was uh, for getting ready for this talk. I was looking at some videos and some GIFs and just checking out little um, jokes. And, and how many videos start off with math, cl math class be like? And then, you know, whether it's the teacher who's running away at the board with all kinds of um, formulas and things that students don't understand, or it's the student who is um, falling asleep in math class because it's so boring. It is so common and so pervasive a thought that um, math is kind of an optional subject to be loved, liked, or understood that I, I really think that it's time that we challenge that. So we are all math people is the title of my coffee talk. I want to confront the ideas of math fear in families, particularly homeschool families, and I'm hoping that this talk will be beneficial to you. Let's get started. So you already know that I want us to stop saying that I'm not a math person. I don't want that to be a thing. Because first of all, it's, it's an odd phrase, right? What is a math person? Who gives you the stamp that says you're not a math person? I think what people really mean when they say that is that they don't like math or they're not good at math or they don't understand it or they were never a strong math student or that they didn't do well in a math course or several math courses, you know, depending on um, their situation. But the reason why I mentioned that last one is because sometimes it only takes one math course to make people turn and say, oh, well, this isn't for me. And I think this is an erroneous statement, first of all, because I'm not quite sure what the definition is. And I also think it's a dangerous one because what you're really telling others in yourself is that I am functionally incapable of doing math. I'm just not able to do it. I am not able to do it. And I know, I'm not saying that there aren't different learners. I'm not saying that we don't have a unique understandings and approaches to mathematics, but to say that you are just incapable of doing a thing, I hope that when you think of it this way, it gives you a little bit of pause. I personally like to think about that phrase, I'm not a math person, as logical, as thoughtful, as mindful as saying I'm not a spoon person. I hope that it sounds silly to you because it sounds silly to me too. Math is just a tool, just like a spoon. It's nothing more. And so just like a spoon is extremely useful in, I don't know, eating a bowl of soup, math is the same way useful in so many different ways, right? And we can talk about the usefulness, usefulness of math as we consider um, that math is, is just a tool that allows access and what that access gives us opportunities for is what I want to just talk about. So one thing is 
math gives us access to academic opportunities. We all know that there are classes that and, and lines and careers and disciplines of study that you have to get through some rigorous math courses first before you can study them. Well, what happens when our children are not prepared, not encouraged to, not believing that they can, or dare I say, have taken on the notion that they are not a math person. Well, we have just automatically closed doors of academic opportunities to them. And, and to me, that's really profound as we are homeschool parents and our desire is to open up opportunities for them, right? And so I, I want us to be very clear. Yes, not only in terms of job opportunities and academic opportunities, because we can do the thing. I've had to answer this question so many times as a math teacher. Oh, Miss Willis, how many, um, what kind of jobs do I, would I get if I study math? This is stupid. I shouldn't study this. I've gotten those. I've had the list on the boards. I've done charts and graphs and all of that. And we can do that. We can do an easy Google search. We know that there are jobs that require math. But aside from academic opportunities and aside from jobs, I want you to realize that if you can do math, the more math you can do, the more flexible your mind is. And I just want to stop there for a second. A person who chooses to believe, engage the thought that they're not a math person, math is not for them, they can't do it, has really allowed themselves to, they've really stymied themselves. And so that, that stymieing isn't like, oh, you can't get this subject matter. You can't uh, study this particular line of study. And it's not just a job career path. It really is the frustration of being in a store and thinking, I couldn't possibly calculate my change. Or, wait a minute, the tip is supposed to be what percent? And that being a sense of panic. And there are some people who are in that place where they have determined that they are not good at math and therefore they have mentally closed themselves off. That's not what we want for our children. That's not what we can afford for our children. So we all know, we hear the phrase all the time, representations matter, and in mathematics it does too. So here I went and online and I uh, found all of these beautiful faces, these beautiful black and brown faces that represent wonderful mathematicians um, of African-American descent. And I think this is great. But I, I want to be honest with you. This is not what you need to encourage your student or even yourself to learn mathematics and to recognize that we can. The representation that matters most in your household is you. I know it sounds weird. I just talked about families or parents and people saying that they're not feeling like they're math people. And now I'm saying that you are the representation that matters most in your household. Let me explain. The way in which we are called to represent in our household in terms of a subject that we may not like or a subject that we may not be good at or, or enjoy is really specific. And so I want to talk about a couple ways that we should do that. So one thing is when you're teaching your child math, you really have to approach it in such a way that you are honest about where you are mathematically and you are encouraging at the same time. So what does that look like? Let's say you're teaching your child algebra two or algebra one or geometry or fifth grade math or third grade math and you are finding it difficult. Be honest about that difficulty. Learn with your child. I said it, I know. Learn with your child. I know sometimes as homeschool parents, we feel like we have to know all the things 
before we teach our child. And we feel like it's somewhat of a sin if we're reading the day before about what we're supposed to teach the child that day, or even the hour before we're supposed to teach our child and we are we're sharing information on the fly or we're hustling onto YouTube to look for a way to learn. That's okay, be honest about the process, but in the process, learn too, I'll be honest with you. Look, history was always really challenging for me uh, growing up. It just wasn't interesting. And I'm sure you can think of a number of reasons why it wasn't, right, back in my time. So when it came to teaching my kids history, I thought, ooh, this is gonna be the worst thing ever. I mean, really, I thought it was gonna be bad. We found the right materials. We found curriculum that we enjoyed. And honestly, I think I wish I were a historian right now. I really love history. I really find it fruitful and delightful and good and such a wonderful conversation. But I have to tell my children, truthfully, I don't know this stuff. I'm reading with you. We're enjoying this together. We are growing together. And I know what that does for my kids. That lets them know that mommy can do it. That lets them know that if she can, we can. And I know we have like a, a an idea of what a teacher looks like. A teacher has to have all the answers. Answers. Not really, but we have to be willing to be vulnerable in front of our kids, especially in a place like mathematics, and say, hey, I wasn't always great at it, but I'm learning it now with you. And so that's if you're teaching your child math. But if you are supporting your child or if you're if you're allowing somebody else to teach your child, you need to support that child as well. And also become a math person, become represent mathematics in your household. And so what does that look like? You've outsourced the algebra two or the algebra one or the pre-algebra. You've outsourced it. You've given it to somebody else. You're working hard. You just can't even keep up with, you know, reading the um, assignment the day before. No problem. How can you now represent mathematics in that child's life who is being taught by somebody else. When you have conversations with him or her, you ask them, what are you learning? Not just for the title, but you ask them to show you and I'm going to say it, teach you what they're learning. Do you know how powerful that is? Do you know how powerful it is to be taught by a young person and how powerful it is for your young person to teach you? It shows us and it represents to them that learning doesn't stop once you're out of school. It is not just a situation that's one-sided and I'm gonna give you information because I'm the grown-up. It shows them that they are powerful learners and teachers. That is huge in representing mathematics in your household, in your family. And finally, you might find yourself in a situation where you're okay with math, but your child just doesn't love it or your child is really struggling. I really want to encourage you as a parent, and this is hard because I struggle. I mean, I have tears in math. I'm not going to lie. There are tears in math in my household. As much as I love math, as much as I love my children, sometimes when they all come together, it's not pretty. But we have to be mindful that we need to encourage our children, we need to support them, we need to undergird them. And so I'm going to use language from Carol Dweck and the growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And if you're not familiar with that, I would suggest kind of looking into some of that information because it is beneficial. Um, basically, a growth mindset is reminding your child or, or helping encouraging a mindset that, hey, you might not know it, but it's you just don't know it yet. 
It's not that you will never learn this. It's not that you cannot learn this. And you can see right away when I say something like, or when somebody says something like, I'm not a math person. That's a fixed mindset that says, mm, I can't do it. I'll never be able to do it. It's done. As opposed to, you know what? I didn't have good experience with mathematics at this time. However, I know that I can learn. So even if you are in a position where you are a great math person, or you're very comfortable with mathematics, or your child is really the focus of the struggle. What you want to do is be mindful of showing and encouraging the successes where they happen. And even when there, when, when there's a moment where there's not success or there's a lot of struggle, recognizing that that struggle is a level of growth and recognizing that you need to articulate it as such for them because I know it, it sounds really lame, but you know what? If you found one way of not doing it right, you've eliminated that way. Now you've got more opportunities to find success. So I think also with being there and learning with them, we also need to be able to communicate with them positive ways of looking at their success and their struggles. My final point that I want to talk about is really curriculum and, and thinking about how to incorporate curriculum into your life. I'll be quite honest with you. I was teaching in a classroom. I was teaching in a K through eight school. In fact, right before I, I, I came home and, and, and decided to be with our kids. And so in that process, I was always looking at the curriculum that the younger kids were learning from and trying to compare to what we were doing at home and trying to think, will my kids fit this curriculum? And that was the wrong way of thinking about it. We need to think about curriculum that fits our children, and we need to know them well enough in order to find curriculum that works for them. And I know it's not always um, financially feasible to try out different curriculums, but here are some points that you might want to think about. You want ease of implementation. You want to make sure that if you are teaching your child specifically, you want to make sure that it's not a struggle every day, that you don't have to do the most, that it's not stressful for you because they will feel that stress in your approach to teaching them. And that stress will result sometimes in tears. I, 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 can, I can definitely say that has happened with me. And so you wanna make sure that there's ease of implementation and that you can um, handle what's happening. And so there's all kinds of um, math curricula with video lessons or with supporting materials or workbooks, whatever you find works for your child, that's what you want to do. Not fitting your child to a curriculum. Really important. Struggle is okay, but there needs to be wins. If every day you are working hard and your child is working hard and there's no positivity or joy happening, consider changing the approach or the curriculum. And I know it's expensive sometimes, but there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of um, samples and things online that you should definitely look into. And if you have other friends that are homeschooling, find out what they're using. It might not work perfectly, but it might work in the meantime as you're looking for uh, different options. And always expect a tweak curriculum. Again, and this kind of just goes to the other point. We don't have curriculum that we don't make children to fit curriculum. The curriculum is supposed to fit our child, our families, our homes, and us as teachers. So we want to make sure and use things that are working for us, our kids, and our home. I want to thank you for listening. I look forward to talking to anybody about math at any time. Please let me know if you want to have more conversations like this. Take care.